Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. <laughs> Live from New York, it's the show with two Chiefs fans. Oh, stop it. you got to stop this. Did you see the behind-the-back pass today from Patrick it. It's Mahomes? It's fantastic. Ooh, it's bad. <laughs> it's good for my heart. It's first things first. Today, Broncos country, let's deride. Was Sean Payton's trash talk actually a way to motivate Russ? Meanwhile, Dak has made a guarantee. Can he stick to it, and can the Cowboys take the Eagles' spot atop the NFC East? And finally, what does Super Bowl champion Coach Mangini think about the Bills talking about the Lombardi Trophy already? Alongside Nick Wright, I'm Kevin Wilds, in for Chris Broussard, who is at the fight in Vegas, is Coach Mangini. Coach you got to give us a small tease of your take on the Bills. Don't give us the whole thing, not the movie, just the trailer. I hate it. Okay. okay. <laughs> and also, may I give a congratulations? Sure. Congratulations to Brew, who made it through all of July without working a full five days <laughs> once. Good for him. It's the dream. That's, that's, it's the dream, and he did it. Nailed it. Good nailed for him. It. We start with... Dun-dun-dun. Calf talk. Mm-hmm. I've tried to make it like a trash talk. Calf talk. I don't know. Joe Burrow was carted off uh, Bengals practice yesterday with a calf strain. Jamar Chase says, we shouldn't worry too much. Take a listen. Went over there to talk to him, see how he was feeling. You know what I'm saying? We always give each other that look that night. And he told me he's going to be all right. So, you know, he's a strong dude. He'll be good. Yeah, he just gave me a nod. He's all right. So, you know, Joe's a strong dude. That's that's an official medical opinion. Strong job. And the Bengals' Twitter feed put out a polite recommendation. Everyone, please stop calling and offering us your calf muscles. It doesn't work like that. So, Nick, do you expect the injury to flare up, be a problem this year? Well, impossible to predict if it will flare up. The medical experts I follow on Twitter say this is probably about a month that he deals with it and that he has limited mobility at week one of the regular season at the very least. That could clearly be a problem. But my initial question before I even get to that is, why was he out there? He had a coach. He had a, It's the first two days of training camp. He's your franchise quarterback. He was wearing a sleeve on his calf. I'm not saying I don't believe that training camp's meaningless and don't practice. Or I'm not saying that. But if your franchise quarterback has any type of pre-existing injury, wouldn't it make sense 
for him to not practice until he could practice without the sleeve on his calf? Am I crazy for that? Is it's that sleeve? Did, 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 did anybody what? say that there was a pre-existing injury? I mean, well, the, whoever put the sleeve well, on I his mean, calf that he sometimes aggravated. to keep muscle muscles warm. He yeah. he was rolling out to the right and yeah. he hurt his calf. It wasn't like it was a, a contact drill or a defensive lineman fell into his legs or somebody, you know, he hit his hand with their helmet. And he was rolling out to his right. It's it's really it's a freak thing. It's no big no big deal from a from a practice structure perspective. It's hard to look at the coaches and go, why would you put that guy out there to to run against you know essentially air? I guess my I I I feel almost more strongly because of the way it happened. If it was a freak thing where you hit your hand on a helmet, mm-hmm. there, there, then there is nothing you can do. He was dealing with a slight calf issue, and there is no – Joe Burrow does not need the extra – you know, the first few days of camp if, he, if you were worried about it enough that you're like, hey, preventatively, let's wear this sleeve so you don't tweak it. Maybe he shouldn't have been out there, but whatever. There's nothing you can do about that. He is now injured. My question for you, Coach, would be – is it legitimate to be concerned for a team that has had as many issues with the offensive line as they have had if Joe Burrow goes into the games that actually count with some limited mobility? Because if I were a Bengals fan, that would be the last thing I wanted is Joe Burrow, who has been better than just about any quarterback in football at dealing with a horrific offensive line situation a couple years ago. Last year it was better but not great. If he's if he's not at 100% physically, will he be able to keep himself out of harm's way if the offensive line has the issues they've had in years past? Well, there's a lot of things here. So there's, what, about five weeks or a little more than five weeks till the start of the season. Usually these calf injuries, you know, one to three weeks, maybe it could be maybe a little bit longer if, it, if it's a little bit worse. We don't, we don't really know where it was. Yeah, do you want your franchise quarterback going into the start of the season with, with uh, the possibility to re-injure something? No, you're going to take as much time as you possibly can. But from your point, if you feel that the doctors and the trainers made a mistake by putting him on the field in the first place, are you really going to take their advice now if they say he's ready to go You know, the next phase? So he, he, we, we're, none of us are doctors. We've got to take the advice of what those guys say and what the player says. And he's not going to go out there if he, if he can't protect himself i'd say a bigger issue is whether or not he gets on the field until this contract's done right. i mean how would anybody advise him to go back on the field without getting this done so here's the Schefter quote uh there's a real chance that we will not see joe burrow back on the practice field again until he has a new contract that makes him the highest paid player in the nfl history you want him sitting out well i i think the and i no, i'm not trying to disrespect adam Schefter here at all i think that's the phrasing of that is almost unfair to Joe, I think. Because if Joe hadn't gotten hurt, I think it was pretty clear he wanted to, and I think smartly, from a financial perspective, wait for Jalen to get his deal, mm-hmm. then for Justin to get his deal, and then he would come in last because he's going to set the new market. And we can talk about if that's a good or a bad thing for the Bengals later. So I think whether he had gotten hurt yesterday or not, he was getting his new contract in the next, call it, 10 to 14 days. I don't think now it's like, I won't take the field until my contract's done. I think the contract was going to get done over the next couple weeks either way, and he's going to be too hurt or injured or whatever to take the field. I don't, I, I just, that, that tweet almost made it seem like he's going to hold out until the contract's done. I don't think that's the situation at all. I do think he's getting a contract 
and we won't see him on the field until after the contract's done. But why, why, why does he need 14 days? We, we, we've got the comps. We, we know that, that they're, they're going to make him the highest paid guy. They've been working on this forever. And this used to frustrate me so much where there's like gamemanship with, with contracts. And then as soon as a deadline comes in, they can get it done in a day. Like, you know what the comps are. You know he's your guy. You, go lock yourselves in a room and get the contract done. You can get it done in one or two days. And then this isn't even an issue and nobody's talking about it. This doesn't need two weeks. Well, and so the, the bigger part, Wilds, of Schefter's tweet was because you've talked about, you know, is Burrow going to take, you know, is he going to look at, okay, Herbert's what, 52 and a half is yeah. the new benchmark? Yeah. He's at 52 and a half, so I've got to be at 53 or 54 plus, or is he going to take a little bit less? Schefter's tweet makes it seem like, no, he's going to he be at 53, you know, plus. He's going to be the highest paid player in league history. And that, I do not begrudge Joe Burrow that at all. He, he's earned it more than Herbert's earned it. He's, you know, he's earned it as much, if not more, than Hertz, Lamar, these other guys who've gotten paid. Very, very difficult to win if the team you're chasing has the best player and he makes considerably less than your guy who's not quite as good as him. But, but, and that's they, they, Hold on, just real quick. The Colts tried to do this. For years, and it was, it was, it's a pretty apples-to-apples apples situation here. The Patriots had the best quarterback in the league, the best coach in the league, and the quarterback was on a discount. While Tom Brady was on the Patriots in the 19 years he played 18 healthy, they made the conference title game 13 times. They made the Super Bowl nine times. The Indianapolis Colts, with Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen, Marvin Harrison, all-time great wide receiver, Reggie Wayne there for a long time as well, in his entire Colts career, they made, I looked it up this one, the AFC title game three times. They made the Super Bowl two times. What, what, is, the, what is the reason? Is Brady th- Ford X better than, than Peyton? Of course not. But you could surround him with the better players. And I do think if you're Cincinnati, you worry that is what you're running into right now in Kansas City. Because Kelsey makes nothing. Mahomes is the seventh highest paid quarterback. And you're about to have the highest paid quarterback and next year the highest paid receiver ever. That's going to be tough for Cincinnati. It's just flatly going to be tough. But he's going to be the highest paid quarterback for just a little while. Just like Mahomes was the highest paid quarterback for just a little while. And then two or three years down the road, we're going to say... Yeah, Joe Burrow's underpaid compared to everybody else. He's the seventh highest paid guy because each contract's going to get readjusted. There is a period where when you pay your elite young guy big money, that then he has to go prove that he can win with some talent that maybe isn't as expensive, like Patrick Mahomes w- was able to do. But, but he, Patrick Mahomes' deal was very team-friendly initially. However, he's still substantially compensated versus what he was on his rookie year. No, no of, of, of course. But, Wilds, like, the right now, this is – it's just – and I know nobody wants to hear it from me because I'm the Chiefs fan, not, uh, the, the, not, not you, the Chiefs fan. The new Chiefs fan. The new Chiefs fan. You've been but a it, I don't know how you there, Chiefs and it is, it, it is a very unique spot because Kelsey is, in my opinion – as impactful as the best receivers in the league. Of course. He makes half 
of what the best receivers in the league make. He makes $14 million against the cap. The best receivers are Tyreek's at 30. Other guys are in the high 20s. Jamar is going to be, he and Justin Jefferson are going to set the record for receiver money next year. Mahomes is exponentially better than any other quarterback in the league. And he is paid like a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is re- exponentially. Ex- I don't yeah. know if we listen. Ten I don't X. know what graphics we do or don't Ten have. X. I have a great Burrow Mahomes thing we could show you, but I don't even know if they're working. Oh, we do. You won't be able to see it, Coach, but I'll try to recite it from memory. Yeah. It's it's their playoff numbers just the last two years. So I, I didn't try to do totality because Mahomes been in the league longer. So the records look similar: five and one for Mahomes versus five and two for Burrow. Everything else, though, is dramatically in Mahomes' favor. He's, his completion percentage above 70, more than 50 yards per game, more than Burrow. And the touchdowns are almost 3x what Burrow's is. Again, we don't have returns, so I'm doing If I make a fool of myself, you guys can make fun We're of me good, on the though, internet. It. And I think, it's, I think his passer rating in the playoffs is around 110, and Burrow's in, is in the mid-90s. If Burrow is, in my opinion, as I was saying all last year, the second-best quarterback in football. But we are in a spot where the gap between the second best and the best is bigger than the gap between the second best and the eighth best. And if the if the guy I mean, who's at the top Mahomes is not is making that more experience, yeah. Mahomes has Andy Reid. Well, I mean, yeah, is, it, but Andy, is he exponentially better than than Burrow, or is his does his experience come into play? Does does the coach that you have come into play? I mean, I think it's a little bit exponentially better. I don't. But the, I think but the co- but as long as apples. the coach is here, is there? I guess my point is the Bengals are trying to position themselves to win a championship, and I wonder if they are going to find themselves in the position, the enti- like the rest of the AFC that they did when the Patriots run was going on, which is two out of three years, we know who's going to be there in the AFC. Yeah. It's the team with the best player who's also paid like he's the 10th best. Uh, we're going to take a look at the odds to win the AFC. KC is num- at number one. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Jets. Coach, who's the biggest threat, and is, is it Joe Burrow? Oh, I, I can't. What's Cincinnati's record against Kansas City recently? Three and one. Zero oh, and one in the oh, last one. Three, three, three and one. one. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're they're the biggest threat, obviously, because and this this happens sometimes where you just match up better against certain teams, and that was the case when we played when we played the Colts. We matched up well against the Colts, and and it was a problem for them, and and that's that's the reality, and and to some degree, Kansas City has an issue and problem with Cincinnati, and until they can consistently beat Cincinnati like they have every other team, I think they're the biggest threat. Okay, I would, listen, I... Put it, I, on, put it on the bulletin board. I was, I was on the, board. the only person in the football media last year advocating for the Bengals, that the Bengals should be, should be given the respect the Bills were given. Mm-hmm. So I do not want to come across as a Cincinnati hater here. But my answer is not the Bengals, it's obviously not the Bills. And the Bengals' ownership of Kansas City, if people watched the games, is a little bit of a misleading situation. I can go through the four games by memory. The first time they ever played, the Chiefs had the game well in hand, and then to his credit, Jamar Chase had one of the greatest halves of football I've ever seen someone have. Is he still with Cincinnati? No, of course it counts, and it led to a cent- the Bengals winning by three points. The next time they no, played, but is he still in of the- course he oh, does. Okay. I'm, th- let me ju- yeah. just allow right. me to finish. The next time they played was the playoff game, which the Chiefs were up twenty to three, mm. and then Mahomes had the only bad playoff half of his life. And if that's going to happen again, the Chiefs are when Mahomes plays terribly, the Chiefs aren't good. Luckily, yeah. it's happened once in a five-year run. 
And the next time they played, the Chiefs had they the game well in hand. You said a 21-point lead? And Kelsey lead? lost his one fumble he lost all year, and the Bengals won by three. So the idea that any of these games it's been a domination is not the case. But my answer is the game that you but they won. But still, they still yeah. won it in a lot of different ways. They won it with an elite receiver. They won it coming back from 21 points. Yes. And they won it with a turnover. Like, yes. Okay, so we can find reasons why any team lost any close game, and you can point to a handful of plays. That's every single NFL game. But when a team consistently is a problem for another team, Odds are they're going to continue to be a problem unless something dramatically changes. The, so uh, the it's it's all fair. I think the I think it has been overwrought the Bengals having the Chiefs number, but we'll see. They'll play again this year, and if the Bengals are fortunate enough to be invited there at Invitational, they'll play again. <laughs> uh, my answer is the Chargers, and I want to know your your take on it from this perspective. So the Mahomes has never blown out. The Chargers. It's one of the only, I think, two teams in the league that he's played multiple times and doesn't have, and not once have they, you know, beat him by multiple well, scores. What's the record? The he, Mahomes has only lost to the Chargers once. The Chiefs have lost another time uh, in the Mahomes era, but that's when they sat everyone, and then they lost early on. Philip Rivers still there, but that's not why. The reason is because if they were to play in the playoffs, coach, it'd be the third time of playing a team in the you know over the course of the year and I think getting a look at what the Chiefs are doing having the familiarity and then getting a third bite at the apple makes them as for me as a Chiefs fan with all that talent those receivers those pass rushers everybody it makes them the scariest of the three can of the can of the major AFC can Well I, I do love the thought process of the team that beats me consistently I'm not worried about but the team well, we they, beat consistently, I am worried about because we're going to play them a third time, even though I have the most experienced head coach who can probably capitalize on the things that happened the first two games. I've got the much more experienced quarterback and, and team in general. My team knows how to win. The other team has no idea how to win. And each year kind of disappoints in a different way. But I'm worried about those guys, okay, not you know the what? team that beats me. You know what, Coach? Three out of four He's telling times. me I shouldn't be worried about anybody. So you're worried about the Ravens. No, well, no, the, could, the Ravens to me are the, the Brew had been saying that the Ravens are the biggest threat. It's a weird spot because I don't think the Ravens are the biggest threat in the AFC in as far as over the course of a twenty game season. The Ravens are the scariest one-off team. The Ravens are the scariest team to face in a single elimination spot because. If Lamar's rolling and that running game is so unique and if he's accurate that day, they feel like their offense can just be an avalanche. The running game's not going to be unique anymore without Greg Roman. Greg Roman was, was that running game. Well, having oh. a quarterback that runs a 4-2 is No, no, helpful. he's a unique player, but I'm saying the, the scheme, the ways they attack, the ways they, they use Lamar, I mean, that, that was great. Okay. I'm out on Baltimore now. <laughs> Just like everybody else, want to throw the ball around. Uh, Sean Payton's Trash Talk next on FS1 and the Fox Sports Channel on Sirius XM. I can drop these little... Greetings, soccer fans. Are you ready for the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup? Because we are. That's right. Australia and New Zealand, look out. State of the Union is coming. Off the post and and we'll be going above and beyond down under. We'll have new podcast episodes every single match day. So follow Alexi Lalas's State of the Union on the Fox app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back to a very energetic show. Fallout from Sean Payton's USA Today article in which he trashed Denver's previous coaching regime, saying things such as, quote, it might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. Well, (laughs) Saints writer Jeff Duncan said it's all part of the plan. Folks, Sean Payton is building up the confidence of his quarterback, letting him know that he's got his back. If there's collateral damage in the way of completing that mission, trust me, he doesn't care. This is all about his team and his QB. Nothing more, nothing less. We thought this was very interesting. Turns out Sean Payton does care a little bit <laughs> because he went and kind of apologized. Take a listen. I had one of those moments where I still had my Fox hat on and, and not my coaching hat on. And, uh, you know, I said this to the team in the meeting yesterday. We've had a great offseason relative to that. You know, and I've been preaching that message. And here I am, the veteran. Um, you know, stepping in it, and uh, you know, it was it was a learning experience for me. It was a mistake, obviously. I needed a little bit more filter. It lit, he went on to blame it on he had a couple lattes. Or, <laughs> he's, he's like a couple lattes. That's true, though. And, you get a little caffeinated. He has a great and credit to Jared Bell who got the story. He's like, uh, I got a great relationship with Jared. I had a couple lattes. Just let it fly. But so, uh, all right, coach. So, what do you make of this whole the? Idea that's motivating, the idea that he's kind of apologizing, the lattes. Yeah, the shirt, uncommon. The uncommon is the comments he made. Like, when, he, when they came out, I said, that you've got a lot of money, you've got a lot of success, you get a little bit older, you say whatever you want to say, but then you still got to get in front of the team, and you're telling the team, don't create distractions. Don't create distractions. Don't create distractions. And then this creates the biggest distraction of, of training camp. And now it also it, it bleeds over into expectations, because you're saying – that team last year was poorly coached with five wins, with nine games, with one, you know, one score losses, four games in overtime. Okay, so that means you're going to get to ten wins, and Russ, Russ is going to be significantly better. You are creating pretty high expectations by what you're saying about the team and the coaching staff that, that was there last year. And then you've got an opponent, and you're killing a quarterback that's, you know, a pretty good quarterback in Aaron Rodgers when you say, you know, the Jets won the offseason. They're just like Washington when they signed up a bunch of washed-up guys that couldn't play. And so now you're saying that Aaron Rodgers is washed up and couldn't play, and you play him in, what is it, week five? Week five, yep. yeah. Yeah, I mean. Salah it, thought it was week four. That's the Chiefs game. It's, not, it it's, it, it's not really what the way you want to ease into into the season so there's so many parts of this that i find fascinating i i find fascinating the the response of my colleagues to it which is listen i didn't i'm in new york sean was in la uh but sean has a lot of friends at fox and nfl network it seems like a lot of the people who've covered him really like him and everyone was like oh you know crazier than a fox like you know there, there is a hidden message to this in a way i was we, I typically am of a lone voice in the wilderness applauding honesty, even when it Thank rubs you. people the wrong way. He, it, it, the universal praise that Peyton got yesterday for lighting another coach on fire. And by the way, the GM of, of his current team, who is still the GM there, caught some shrapnel too. Hey. The whole thing was odd. 
The whole thing was that it was like, oh yeah, this is what he's doing, but the people who do know him, and he does seem to be an incredibly likable guy, some of my favorite people, Cowherd, Schrager, love him. So I, I, I respect that and I believe it. Uh, they all agree this is about building up Russell Wilson. This is about building up Russell Wilson's confidence. The question I would ask is this, has Russell Wilson ever lacked in confidence? Yes. No. Yes, all that is lacking in confidence. No, it is the opposite. Wild. Oh, I disagree. Uh, Really? You thought he was limited in confidence? Because he told you he was quite unlimited. No, but it's a little doth protest too much. Okay, all right, Freud. But that, if we want to get deep into his psyche. (laughs) But Russell Wilson is, the issue with the Broncos is not, that Nat Hackett and the game management was an abomination. I said after the first week, we like, he would be on his last strike. Yes. That, okay, that is one thing. How their quarterback played is, I don't want to say independent of that, but a separate issue. And for Russell Wilson, what did we know about Russ from, do you remember when, when Brandon Marshall, a friend of ours, was still hosting this show, and he, Brandon talked to Russ and Dan Patrick talked to Russ. And remember, and it was like he sat in the box with Roger Goodell and wanted to be playing in these games. Mm-hmm. He wants to play a style of quarterback that can win MVPs. This was an issue with him and Carroll, right? He's never been good at that style of quarterback. That's not, so he wants to play a style of quarterback that does not suit him. He wants to be the main attraction of a team. Clearly, it's why he wanted to leave Seattle. I don't think he's that level of player anymore. And I think Sean Payton now, causing his own little mini brush fire in service of Russ's ego, is a is a sign that this is not going to go well for Denver. I, first of all, I don't think it was. I don't think it had anything to do with building up Russ. I, you, would he, Nothing. No, you, you said he said he had a few lattes. I think that's what it was. I think it was a, a very honest moment about how he felt of uh, about the previous coaching staff. Like I think there was honesty and how he felt, but he had to walk it back because of all the reaction that everybody got. And look, we there was let Russ cook, let Russ cook. Yes, he got to cook last year and he burned down the kitchen. Yes, and most veteran quarterbacks even with a rookie head coach, can save the rookie head coach from himself a majority of the time. And and Aaron Rodgers is a great example of that. Remember when they went out to California and they had some issues and then he kind of stepped it? Like, those veteran quarterbacks are going to make sure the pre-snap penalties are limited. The play clock is under control. The the guy's played for, what, how many years has Russell Wilson played? 13, 14, 12 years? Like, those things can be controlled by a quarterback and should, especially if he's cooking. But, Coach, don't you think that if you've got a quarterback, let's say I'm Sean Payton, and I've kind of figured out Russell Wilson. I was hanging out at some basketball games with him. And this is my theory. And he sees a guy on the precipice. Like, oh, he might think he's not the guy, and I need to prove that he is. And I can't say, hey, you By stunk last. By low torch to, to yes, it's not your fault. It's like a big goodwill hunting moment. <laughs> it's not your fault, Russell Wilson. Hey, all of you guys who were embarrassing last year, it's not your fault. I'm here now. You guys are good players. You're not a bunch of losers like the, who are at the bottom of the AFC West who have never beaten the Chiefs. You guys are good. Your coaches have been bad. I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, but that's right. Other, I am his good. other comment. I was, was all SEC. His <laughs> other comment was every 
everybody had dirt on their hands. Everybody yeah. was responsible for the, it. Well, it was a little bit it of wasn't, that. It wasn't just for us. He said that very clearly. But if you're in the in the business of having to build him up as as a 12-year vet with all yeah, I, the success that he has, that's not what those comments were. Those were honest comments about how he felt I, that that now he you know has to temper temper down. If I may, just very quickly, I also think be, Russ was so bad last year. That that maybe people are it's being phrased as if he has had this multi-year slump reason to have no confidence. It twelve months ago the Broncos traded a historic package for him, yeah. basically through a parade, and then gave him one of the best contracts in the history of the league one season ago. And it was it was supposed to be, and people were smart people. But we're saying Broncos might win the AFC West. The Broncos were Super Bowl contenders. The idea that Russell Wilson now all of a sudden is just a puddle of uh, 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 lack of confidence. I do think his feelings were hurt. Yeah. At the fact that a lot of people seem to be reveling in his failures, especially former teammates and stuff. But I don't. I don't know. I just think I think Sean. I I think this was a misstep by Sean, and I think it it has raised the expectations for a team that needed to fly under the radar because they're not going to be that good. Well, maybe they are. Okay. Well, yeah. I like it. Okay. All right. If we had a bad well, which segment, part, the comments uh-huh. or him walking back. I like Sean Payton saying, you know what? It wasn't your fault. I mean, it was a little bit your fault, but it's mostly the coaching. If we had a bad A block, like guys, it wasn't our fault. And then so you, monitors were down. I was like, that's right. <laughs> so then that he I hated the, the comments where he said, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. <laughs> he got it. It was like a wink wink. Like, I yeah, shouldn't have said was that. It? The really? coaches were terrible, though. <laughs> Meanwhile, across the country, the Jets are licking their wounds after Payton predicted that their preseason hype wouldn't leave, lead to. Real season success. Billy Turner responding to a post writing, seems like someone started training camp and is trying to soften the blow after realizing that he's in what he's in for this season. Then he didn't say anything. Very nice. (laughs) Here's what Randall Cobb said. Am I surprised? No, not in this day and age. Um, As a man, I think it's pretty soft. I think he's trying to soften the blow, uh, but... That's not that's not my team. I'm not worried about them. Uh, he, he can say what he wants to say. I know who Hackett is. I know what he brings uh, to our team. I know um, how he's going to motivate guys and how he's going to make the game fun. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons that I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Nick? Yeah. Jets at Broncos, you still think it's a thing by then, week five? No. Do I still think it's a thing? Yeah, this yes. is a thing. I think this is, I think this is one of the reasons this was a misstep. Can we put up the Jets schedule real quick? So the Jets were, no matter what, they know that up until the bye, they have the toughest open of any team in the league. Coach, I know you don't love us doing the schedule stuff. They're going to get rolled. This this, this is my favorite part. I love it. Um, But the Jets, even before all these comments, knew we've got to win that Broncos game. That the we win the Broncos game, win at least one of the other games. It's not a disaster opening six weeks. They've, you can recover from two and four. But my point is this: so they already had to have it. Now they have, as coach talks about, the extra added. You know, right? right you, trap trap game is the wrong thing. But you have the Chiefs and the Eagles bookending it. If there was ever going to be a kind of you know, take a deep breath week. It could have maybe been the Broncos week, but not now. Not now that the, the, the coach said. And one thing I'll give Nat Hackett credit, people, he seems to be likable. 
I don't think he's good at managing the clock, but people seem to really like him and have some loyalty to him. I'm not being a smart aleck there. That's a real quality. Like, Billy Turner's been with him throughout his career. Rodgers loves him. And so I think think that's another reason this is probably a mistake to have done it. It's a mistake to do it no matter what. You don't don't need to farm anybody else's land. He doesn't need to talk about the Jets. I I agree you don't want to win the offseason. I understand that. And, and, And... Everybody understands that in the coaching world, but you don't need to cite a certain team and then go back to a historical team that did it in such a dramatic fashion. Is it the truth? What's that? Is it the truth that the Jets are trying to win the offseason? I don't know. If you think that Aaron Rodgers is a washed-up, has-been, just-named player that they're overpaying, then, then if you think that, then that's the truth. They're trying to win the offseason. They went and got a guy who's a year removed from back-to-back MVPs. Is that trying to win the offseason? They corrected the position that you needed to correct the most. They had Zach Wilson, and, and look, that Coach hasn't worked in out. in on the Jets this year. No, I'm not in on the Jets. I'm just saying the idea of winning the offseason is going and getting a Hall of Fame quarterback at the position that you desperately need when you've got a really good young team with the rookie of the year on offense, the rookie of the year on defense, and a defense that's giving up the fourth most or least points. Like, that's winning the offseason? Sign me up. Sounds like the Broncos to me. Uh, it like sounds the Broncos like the Broncos did. a year ago, yeah. which is why this is, the reason defense, this is, teams. to me, such an awesome feud is right now, what team do you think, I know you love when I do trivia, has the longest consecutive losing season streak in the league? Active. Is it the Jets? It's the Jets. Who do you think has the second longest active? The Broncos. Broncos. Oh, is it really? It's yeah. seven years for the Jets. The Broncos went 46 years without back-to-back losing seasons. They've now had six in a row. So these two teams that have had the least success of any two teams in the league over the last half decade are now at each other's throats. I'm, I love it. I'm telling you. I think it's great. Midnight's going to come early. That Monday night game against the Bills. Then oh, you've got Cowboys, the Jets are starting Patriots, Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles. Not 0-6, well, but... Hey, college football fans, Joel Klatt here, and I am so happy to announce my new interview series, The Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations. Every Monday, we will bring you a candid conversation with the most influential voices in college football. From Colorado's Coach Prime to Coach Saban down in Tuscaloosa, we sit down and discuss all things college football. Download the Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to the new Joel Klatt Show YouTube channel. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Head up to see uh, America's team where there's been some palace intrigue about the relationship between Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. Here they are on their harmonious partnership. I think we're good. I think the biggest thing that we, we've all talked about is just having a fresh start. Um, I think there's a lot of learning experiences uh, from last year that we've talked about, and uh, this year it's all about just working together. Was Mac correct when he said, I think we're good? Yeah, again, I'm good with all the players that are on the team, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Coach, 
Do you want to you want to uh, translate that for us, or well, you want to answer the question? Bill's not a guy that holds a grudge, so that's that's good. <laughs> um, I, I mean, he appreciates players that go out of the building and try to get access resources that aren't part of the program. He's always embraced that. And look, he's good. He's good with all the players. He was good with Tom Brady until he wasn't. He was good with Mike Vrabel. Till he traded him, he was good with Richard Seymour. He was, I mean, take your pick of the legends that he was willing to move on from. So a guy that's been around for two years and really done nothing, like him being good with him, yeah, he, he, <laughs> he can be good with him. And, and Mac Jones better figure out a way to be good on the field or else someone else will be good with him. What was the question we were going to ask? Well, the question was, yikes. Yeah. The well, question was more pressure this year, Belichick or Mac. So can, can I respond to Coach yes, for a second? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Mac Jones got what? screwed. Screwed by screwed over by he Bill Belichick. The whole thing was terrible. Are you being serious or no? No, I'm not being serious. He had a defensive coordinator as an offensive coordinator. So he called up an offensive coordinator and said, Hey, can you believe this? I got a defensive well, guy. What about, Hello? Are you there? <laughs> what about when he was drafted into a system that was built for his skill set? Yeah, right. it was nice. Went to the Pro Bowl. He went to the absolute best possible place. And then the offensive coordinator leaves and Mick Lombardi leaves and the offensive staff leaves. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. I'm what fine. do you want him to say? I'm doomed? Why are you letting the whole offensive staff walk maybe, out the door maybe, to Las Vegas? Maybe take a step back and say, yeah, it, how incredible it was to be in the so Show a little little humbleness and appreciate. Yeah, I mean, why would you? Why, no, why would you? Because he's – listen, the, the – <laughs> Wilds, I think you have a hard time with the fact that there are – forget the fact – you call it a pillowy ball, but I would say he has a noodle arm. No. Forget the physical limitations. <laughs> sure. There are also some real personality conflicts with how – it is one thing if you are Tom Brady if you want to throw a tablet and scream on the sideline. It is another thing if you are the opposite of Tom Brady as far as accomplishments. It is one thing if you the, – the different things that Coach is talking about, and has, to Coach's credit, has talked about from the very beginning, that rub people the wrong way about Mac Jones, not to Which mention – what? What? The fact that he – Wanting to succeed? No, that, that it is uh, – the, the the not my fault. What's going on, guys? Not it's Nick. Not he me. had a defensive coordinator calling <laughs> I, his plays, I, I, and he said, "I want to, I want to throw the ball. We can't run the ball. I, what is going on here?" Call, and he's calling it a play. Hey, uh, you know, it's a defensive play. Max like, "It's a defensive play." Okay, I, I need to throw the ball. There's, there's been other, there's been other guys who have come into systems with new offensive coordinators, with inexperienced offensive coordinators. He's not the, he's not. Well, the, he's, he's, he's a defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator. Okay. So, the, the, but the question, the reason I wanted you to ask the question was because I just want to see where everyone's at on this. If the Patriots this year go 7-10 and 10 and Mac has the same type of year he had last year, is Mac Jones the starting quarterback the following year? I say no. Well, the, is, look, I, I think the issue is Bill back if they go 7-10. and 10. Well, that's what I was going to ask. That's the next thing. Yeah, I, look, it's one of those situations where since Tom's left, they're 500. They haven't won 10, 10 games since Tom left. Tom left, he won a Super Bowl, and New England struggled through a series of quarterbacks. And now you've got the issue where Bill says, well, we didn't really spend that much money. We were the 27th lowest spending team. And Mr. Kraft comes back and says, well, that's not true. We'll give you any resource that you want. Thank you. And now you've got also the, what's your expectation? My expectation is the seventh ring. So is he under pressure? 
yeah, that, there's a lot of pressure there. You better show that you can win, or otherwise, you know, Mr. Kraft made bold moves in the past. Ooh. Woof. All right, we're back with Dak Prescott after the break. You know I how like I that know when Wilds is mad? He says my name. Nick! <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Dak Prescott only played 12 games but led the league with 15 interceptions. He promises that won't be the case this year. Take a listen. I'm not going to stop being aggressive. Uh, Tin or tipped, whatever whatever you say it is. Um, I am going to lessen my interception numbers. I am going to lessen my interception numbers. Uh, that is a guaranteed. Okay, there you go. Coach Mangini is not here. He's having He's a microphone in protest issue. because of how mean you were to me last. And Broussard took the day off. <laughs> so go ahead. Just you and me, Wilds. Uh, for at least for the moment, Coach will be back in a bit. But again, Coach, solidarity with me. He's like, I can't work with this guy. He's gonna yell at my friend like that. Uh, here's the thing. I think Dak's become underrated. I think Dak is so regularly discussed and scrutinized. There is nary a time in his career he has been properly rated. He has vacillated from underrated right when he got there. His Mm -hmm. rookie year, they're like, oh, it's Zeke. And I I remember, I think he had 26 touchdowns, four picks as a rookie when Romo got hurt and no one thought he was Mm going to do it. And he didn't get, uh, I don't think, enough credit. But then it was around the time he was fighting for a contract, I think he'd gotten overrated. Now I think we're back to underrated. Here's the deal. He's the second best quarterback in his conference. Right? Jalen Hurts won. We can, I, I can go through off the top of my head the other ones. Tell me who's better than Dak. Kurt, or Daniel Jones? No. Your buddy Sam Howell? Of course not. Maybe. No. Sam's Kurt, good. No. Kurt Cousins? No. Very Jared likeable. Goff? No. Goff was good last year. He's Goff's not got better. A lot of numbers. Jordan Love? Justin Fields? No. Right? It, the Baker? The in no one in the NFC South really to speak of. Derek Carr is Derek not Carr, better than yeah. Dak. Stafford? Maybe. Maybe, but coming off an injury. And then Kyler and then Geno, no. Like, it's just Brock Purdy, no. He's the second-best quarterback in his own conference. And his last two, this was the point Greg made yesterday, his last two healthy years, he was 4,900 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 picks, and 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 picks. And this year, 
in the playoffs, he was awesome against Tampa. Mm-hmm. Now he was bad against San Francisco, but that San Francisco defense annihilated everyone they played except for Patrick Mahomes. And so I just – and Jalen in the conference championship yep. game, but that was a different spot. So I just think Dak has gotten maybe a little underrated at this I'll point. Buy that. Don't talk trash about Sam Howell, though. Odds to win the NFC East, Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. Now, here's the interesting thing. We have not had back-to-back division winners in almost 20 years. In the NFC East. In the NFC East. The Eagles ripped off four in a row, but we've had switching around all the time. So, I know it makes sense to pick the Eagles. They look the best on paper, but that hasn't been how it's played out. In that division, it hasn't happened. I... Again, as Brew would say, we're not making our official predictions no, until late August. But I am leaning very, very strongly towards picking the Cowboys. So can they knock off the Eagles? Absolutely. The Eagles had, uh, despite the fact that they had 70 sacks last year, good quarterbacks lit them up. Mm-hmm. The, they allowed 38 in the Super Bowl week one of the season. Golf before we knew golf was going to have a good season. They allowed 35. Dak, the one time he played them, they allowed 40. Against Rodgers, in the game Rodgers got hurt and Jordan Love came in, they allowed 33. Trevor scored 21, and then the heavens opened up. If you remember the monsoon, there was a, they, it all. I think it, both teams played that, in the monsoon. I, I get that, but I'm saying he scored 21, and, and then couldn't he couldn't do ball. anything. That's a separate story. Point is this. I don't think the Eagles' defense is going to be as dominant as it was last year because they weren't dominant against good quarterbacks, and I think their sack numbers are going to come down. So the Cowboys, with that defense, I don't, I don't love the coaching staff. I don't love Matt Mike Patricia? McCarthy having even more control oh, over the, the offense. No, I just the I, I don't love that for Dallas, but. I think Dak will be healthier. He broke his thumb. He, he had th- had some very unlucky picks. The defense we know will be good with Parsons and all the money they've spent on it. So, yeah, can they knock off the Eagles? Of course they can. Will they? Again, I'm not certain of that, but I, I think they're very, very live. I know we're not making our picks until late August for prediction week, which you may or may not do working yes. on it. Commanders win. Oh, Wild, you got to stop. Wild. Great defense? I, I don't know. Well, well, they have a great defense? I know they can't beat the Eagles. Can you, hey, Dan, I know it's your last day of being an intern. When they played the Eagles in Philadelphia, what was the score? Oh, wow. Thank you. Good research. 26-17, I think. Fantastic. Commanders, I believe in you. Coming up next, Coach Mangini's <laughs> microphone will be fixed, and we're going to run the no huddle. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time for the No Huddle. It's a brand new segment. Not really. It is? Well, we've done the segment a lot, but we have some new graphics. First up, (laughs) we're headed to Buffalo. Josh Allen looking to build on last year's 13-3 and season and put all the kind of drama that we had from June in the rearview mirror. And he's already talking about Lombardi trophies. Take a listen. We're working for a Lombardi trophy, and um, we've been in the playoffs the last, I don't know, four years, whatever it is, and it hasn't, hasn't come out our way. So um, what are we doing? How can we talk about turning everything that we do into winning that Super Bowl? 
They are maniacally focused on the Super Bowl, which seems like a good thing, but I don't think you agree, Coach. Look, if, if, if that's the goal and you're maniacally working towards it, why don't you maniacally work at what's in front of you and not worry about something that's six months down the road? Like, if you want to win and you want to win on a consistent basis, you can't be looking into the future. Maniacally work on the drill that you have. Maniacally work on the communication in the building. Maniacally work on, on all the things that can be positive as opposed to talking about something that you haven't achieved and reached yet. Well, yeah, I mean, in their defense, when yet is just the entire history of the franchise. They have gotten to some, but they Well, it was a yet, it was a capital yeah, Y yeah, on the uh, yet. Listen, with an exclamation They've point. talked like this for three years. They got to an AFC title game, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but it was surprising when they got there, which is the only AFC title game they've been to in this iteration. And Josh's second year is a good well, his first year is a great player, mm-hmm. the 2020 season. And the Chiefs rolled them, but they got there. And then that offseason, Sean McDermott said, and their general manager said, Brandon Bean, I think it is, we are obsessed with the Chiefs. And I actually I got that. I understood what they were saying, that they were building their team about trying to get at it, beat them. But the problem with that is, since then, you have gone in the wrong direction each year. The year after you got the AFC title game, you played an epic round two game that you lost at the very end. And the year after that, you played a round two game at home that you were beat up in from start to finish against the Bengals. And so my concern for them, if for the Bills, and they do have some really good fans. I know they all hate me, but they're actually good people. And I feel badly for them to a degree because they, I do, because it's the only, like, they love the team so much, and they should have won the championship two years ago. But now it does feel like that with the dig situation, the fact that other guys might be jumping Josh Allen in the great quarterback line, mm-hmm. and the fact that they are going in the wrong direction, that if things start off tough for them, that it could fray a bit. And I think the loss of Leslie Frazier is a real one. It is. And if you're if you're looking forward or looking back, you're not taking care of what's in front of you. Oh, I like that. Yeah. San Francisco, I'm going to look forward. Don't. Buffalo opens up in uh, New York in 45 days. San Francisco, oh, oh look at this. Car. Look at that. I told you, it's a new segment. Brock Purdy went 7-1, and one, his only loss when he got knocked out of the game, uh, the NFC Championship. He had surgery in March on his elbow. He's back and feeling good. Take a listen. I feel like I'm good enough to play an 11-on-11 on 11 football. And so um, we talked about that when I got back here with uh, Shanahan and um, basically, I told him, I'm like, hey, I feel good enough and confident enough that if I got into an 11 on 11 situation, I can make every throw. Okay, I'm happy for Brock Purdy, and he was a hell of a story, but I feel like that is not the story. And I feel like there's only four people in the football world that care about the actual story in San Francisco. Two of them are here, and two of them host a <laughs> podcast called First in Pod, Danny Parker's Andrew Filipponi. And that is the 49ers have a quarterback on the roster. That they spent three first-round picks on. Dude, he's not good. He hold, Wait a moment on that. He has thrown 100 passes in this league. If you go through his career game log, his rookie year, he was pressed into service against the Seahawks. It's his first action. He was actually good in that game. The next game, he start, the very next week, he started against Arizona. He was awful in that game. Then, a couple months later, he had to play against Houston. He was really good in that game. That's the entirety of it. Then, the next year... He starts week one in a legit monsoon and then is injured three plays into the next week. The idea 
that they have already just been like, well, he can't start, and in fact, he might not be the backup, and in fact, we're so out on him, we might carry four quarterbacks because we don't even think he can be the third string. This should be one of the biggest stories in yeah. the NFL, and I don't get it. I really don't get it, Coach. Yeah, uh, look, I said from the beginning, when, when you got to play him. His rookie year, find a package and let him play in a complimentary role, add some, so it, it, it forces the defense to adjust him, and he gets real playing time. And now you're in a situation where you've given up so much for this player, and you've never seen him play. But yet, Sam Dar- Darnold comes in, and he can be Steve Young, because Steve Young didn't develop till he was later, although, although Sam's got a ton of experience. And, and I love what Brock Purdy did, and if he's healthy, they, and they think they can win with him, great. But still have a package for Trey Lance so that he can put pressure on defense and get experience because odds are one of these quarterbacks is going to get hurt and another one's going to be playing. Wild, do you think it's just the book is shut, he can't play? I'm, I'm reading the facts on the ground that they gave up everything, so there's got to be pressure from on high in San Francisco to let the guy play, and Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to let him play. And Kyle Shanahan can make any quarterback well, work. And the fact that Sam Darnold has it, jumped well, him on the depth but chart. But wait a second. If is, we go with that thing, that he can make any quarterback work, why do you have to trade three number one draft picks I thought to get foolish. a quarterback? Well, I think that the idea there was we can make any quarterback work to a degree. If we get a dynamic quarterback, we'll be the best team in the league, which I actually agree with that mindset. And they wanted a guy that had the run-pass option threat that this guy had. But it's not like last year he got benched. He broke his leg. I know. He, so when did I, my, he was the starter going into last year? They were done with Jimmy. Yep. Then he broke his leg. So when did he show them he stinks? Is I don't my know. question. That I, I don't understand what they're doing there. I just don't get. It. And I and I'm happy for Purdy, but I don't get it. Purdy undefeated. I don't get it's it. Up to one. Uh, we're gonna go down to Miami now. <laughs> what did you just say? Well, he's undefeated. He mumbled Except down. the one. Undefeated in games that he finishes. Oh, okay, got Miami. it. Miami. Uh, Jalen Ramsey will have surgery. Torn meniscus. Ian Rappaport saying he'll be out until December. Yeah, the six to eight weeks is is more than that. Nick, you were very high on the Dolphins. Yeah, this is brutal. Ramsey was one of the reasons. So it's brutal. Feeling? Well, yeah, so listen, d- d- put my doctor's stethoscope on for a moment. Mm. Two types of meniscus surgery. Uh, oh, no, no, just stop. I, this is important so people understand because they didn't just... know. Just stop for a moment. They either shorten it, snip it, and then you're only out maybe a month, month and a half. Or they fix it. And then you're out four to six months. Ramsey opted to have it fixed, which should prolong his career, but it makes the comeback time way longer. So he could miss the entirety of the year. December is optimistic as far as when he's back. He tweeted like the late season push. Would yeah, be great. and that, and now that and that was before they knew for certain that that was the type of surgery he was having. Listen, I really like what Miami could be this year, Coach. When, if, if, and when two is healthy, not not if he's as long as he's healthy. I like the addition of Fangio. I thought Ramsey was going to give them those two corners along with Xavier Howard. I thought they could be potentially the best team in the AFC East. I'm not out on them because of this, but this is a massive loss. Even if Ramsey's not the player he was three years ago, he's still one of the six best corners in football. And now you're not going to have him. This is brutal, man. So I've got some hip tightness. Should I get surgery sooner or okay. later? Right. I didn't, doctor. I mean, this is really <laughs> this is going to save a lot of money for me if yeah, I could just a lot of come doctors here and get assessed oh, by, to, by Dr. Nick. I'm just trying to educate Nick. the audience. <laughs> thank, thank, <laughs> thank you, Dr. Nick. Yeah, no problem. <laughs>
<laughs> you want to answer the question oh, about the Dolphins? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I have so many things I got to yeah. ask you about. Yeah, do you do no problem. Mental health. Okay. Too, like, <laughs> you know what? Um, look, this is this is a terrible injury. Whenever you go and you, you trade for a guy, they gave up a third round draft pick. You sign him for 35 million. You feel like you've really been able to upgrade a position of need at cornerback. You've got the addition of Vic Fan. All those things were, make you that much more optimistic about Miami's chances. And and it's terrible to have an injury. The good news is when the injury took place. So now it happens at the beginning of training camp. There's going to be a lot of players that are on the street when teams make cuts. There's going to be veterans that come loose when teams make cuts. This is a lot different than if he'd gone through the entire training camp. They didn't have a plan in place. Sure. And he gets hurt late and they got to start the season. So yeah. it's terrible. It's unfortunate. But the good news is they can they can still find an answer mm-hmm. that's a lot better than the answer they'd find if this happened a little bit later. Although I'm a Patriots fan and a Chiefs fan, I, I do think the league is more fun with Jalen Ramsey in it, so I hope yeah. he comes back. I hope he doesn't intercept Mac Jones when he comes back. But By I, the time he comes back, Mac probably won't be starting, so you don't have to worry about oh, it. Oh, just resting for the playoffs? Uh, head to Baltimore. <laughs> Rashad Bateman still on the pup list, but Zay Flowers is looking good, and Odell is back on the field and feeling good. Nick, are you feeling confident about Odell? Confident that Odell can be an impact player. I I think the Ravens this year, their best case is they have three really good number two receivers. Because Zay Flowers is a rookie. Yeah. I think that maybe will be a number one eventually, but it's a lot to ask a rookie to step in and immediately be a number one. I know Garrett Wilson did it, so but it, that's a hard <laughs> ask. I think Bateman, dealing, having dealt with all the injuries that he's dealt with, he could be a number two. And same with Odell at this point in his career. So I think it's the best receiving core they've had. But And maybe Odell will be the number one in name, if you will. But I don't think he's going to give you number one receiver production. But I think that's fine. He can still be super helpful for him. Yeah, he's played 21 games in the last three years, missed 29. He's got 67 catches and nine touchdowns, which is half as many as Justin Jefferson had last season as many receptions as he had last season, the same amount of touchdowns. So so when you, when you look at, and he's announced his retirement the following year, and typically once a guy announces he's retiring, he's already retired. So hopefully they're able to get some production out of him. If, if that's your number one, then that's... It's not great. And I love, you guys know how much I love Odell, but he's, dealt with, he's gotten banged up a lot. He's a complimentary player. Coach is out on the Ravens. No, I'm not on the Ravens. I'm just saying a number one receiver who's I played 21 games out of 50. It's kind of hard. Coming up next, more First Things First. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. 
By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash FTF, netsuite.com slash FTF, netsuite.com slash FTF. Welcome back to just a splendid show. Coach Mangini is here with us. AJ Brown was with Destroying. It's a good, good YouTube channel. A lot of one-on-one moves. Oh, okay. I show it to my flag football kids. They love it. Anyway, <laughs> AJ Brown was complaining about uh, holding calls. Take a listen. The refs ain't see that. You think the refs seen that? It don't do, matter. Do, tell me, do guys in the league, do they do a little shit like that? All the stand and play? Yeah. Do the refs call it or is it? Mm, they don't call it. They just called it during the Super Bowl. They had one play. Ah. Now, Coach, I know here's the play. I know you don't like guys looking backwards, but this is just like a fun wide receivers kind of YouTube video. Do you still have Do you have any issue with an, yet another eagle talking about problems with the Super Bowl? Yeah, look, you watch the video. It's obviously holding. They had to call the holding penalty. It's it's the guy admitted to. And 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 we talk about Super Bowl hangovers. This is like a Super Bowl bender for these guys. <laughs> They're like like a group of frat guys sitting around talking about the crazy weekend they had six months ago, and they can't get off it. Like it, it's over. Move forward. If you're not moving forward, everybody else is. The game is gone. There's nothing you can do about it. That was clearly holding. It was it was properly called, and it's time to it's time to like. Yeah. Hydrate, drink some gator. Like get yeah. you gotta Pedialyte. get over this. Hey, yeah. Whatever you need. You know, these days, coach, some people call in IVs. Oh, it's yeah, expensive. Yeah, that's they, a big they, thing. They should have them in the building. Yeah, exactly. I think so, they do. So two things. <laughs> one is a serious one and one is a more serious one. The oh, no. serious one to start Levels. with is every Eagles corner holds on this play. The guy at the bottom of your screen holds too, which almost makes me wonder if the coaching note there was third down Super Bowl on the line, they're not going to call it. Ooh, Hold like these that. guys. And then the refs, to their credit, did call it. Because the top of the screen holds, Bradbury admits after the game. So uh, it's enough of the whining about the turf, which both teams played on. About the refs, with boats, with which both teams played with. It's just nonsense. You guys had a lead in the Super Bowl and you blew it because you couldn't figure out that the Chiefs are going to run the same play two different sides of the field. Hello. Guys going to run butt naked open. That's the first point. Second point, more serious point, is this. Dusty, bring out the board. Oh, this, uh, this is uh, – it has to be added to the board. Just quick yeah. um, backstory here. Yeah. Dusty, big-time Eagles fan, so this is true professionalism. Yeah. Right? Oh, thanks, he is Dusty. a big-time Eagles fan. Sorry. Yeah, Adding to the board, A.J. Brown, ref's fault. <laughs> it's going on the board. A lot of Eagles on this board, coach. You have Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, former Eagle, but he's on there. You have Brandon Graham saying the Chiefs got blessed. You've got Taylor Swift, who I assume is an Eagles fan. I'm not sure. Wild's afraid to do anger the Swifties. Yeah, a lot of Eagles and Bengals on the board. I wish so, I could get a bulletin board. Chiefs bulletin board. We're going to need a bigger board. I wish I could get one for all the times Kansas City upsets the rest. What are you talking about? Kansas City is, is the most respectful organization. Do you know? What do you mean? What what trash do they ever talk? We don't take laps about, around people's stadiums. No. no how, how about how disrespectful it is that you go on Airbnb three months before the Super Bowl to find your spot? What? To find your spot for the Super Bowl. Oh, wait. You go on wait, Airbnb three months before the Super Bowl. Did that happen, really? Yes, and book your place. Well. And the- Smart. I mean, that's just smart. That's just, I, that's just smart. smart. Don't we have a look at, at we're the, working on it this year, the, too. The, the, He's awesome. already on Airbnb, yeah. okay. looking up Las I, Vegas, 
Put it on the board. I got to know. There's no board. I need a board. There's no board. Because this is problematic. I I never said that line. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's just awesome. It's like this. It's like when we played the Steelers in the AFC Championship game, and before they were they were setting up their travel plans for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. The, before we went. Well, that was them. dumb because they were playing. You guys were the. Well, you're how about, about one? How about three months before? How about three months before? Yeah, but it worked out, coach. Yeah, yeah it's, it's everybody fantastic. needs somewhere to stay. Going <laughs> <laughs> to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. So the, I actually, I think the Chiefs have actually. There was the right after they won the first Super Bowl, and Chris Jones talked about like five, six, seven, or whatever. That's that the only. And the, yeah, we're gonna have a dynasty. The yeah, I mean, they but they are—we do have a dynasty, Coach, and they were gotta, right. You, you have up. a dynasty with a little D. Okay. Have you ever? Have you? Have you won two in a row? Okay. Well, okay. Uh, that hasn't happened for twenty do, years. It's hard to do, but it's gonna. I, know, yeah, I understand you did it, Coach. That's fine. That give us, give us another eight months. So I'm talking about season. <laughs> another eight seasons. Get out of here. All right, we can move. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's nowhere to move to. We're going to take a break, and yeah, then we're going to talk I mean. about Mac Jones. Yeah, that's what I wanted to get to. Okay. I wanted to get to this. It's as much as I love the bulletin board. I wanted to get to this. A-plus segment coming up. Okay, so so Mac Jones had uh, two red zone interceptions and, like, a true leader. He dropped down and do some push-ups, get some cardio in, some strength training after the second one. And then he immediately posted them on Instagram. Okay, he did not. This is not Mac Jones' Instagram. Yeah. Oh. He always puts nice charity <laughs> stuff on. Coach, I want you to ride to my side here because here's the issue I have and and I like all of these Patriots reporters obviously mm-hmm. but there is such an appetite for America's team that there's a lot of reports coming out where we keep stats on what's going on Mac Jones 4 of 7 in 11s 5 of 10 in interception that was day one then Andrew Callahan oh he's 6 for 14 today including 6 of 10 three sacks for start you know yeah. so we get a lot of just straight up data day three of Patriot Market. all these guys are fantastic uh, reporters but coach do you think it's fair no you know I'll rephrase that do you think it's helpful for Mac Jones to have statistics kept and reviewed by Patriots fans and no, Matt journalists. Matt would probably prefer like. we don't keep scoring for Well, I'm just saying, they're There's working on stuff. How should we look at these so, stats? Well, Obviously, they're accurate. How should we view them uh, for America's team? There's a lot of things that you don't like about training camp in terms of the way that everything, all the stats are taken. Exactly. Coming up next, speak is up next. <laughs> because, because you're trying new things, there's going to be mistakes made. Typically, the defense is further ahead of the offense early in training camp. It, even though it's a back to the future with the offensive coordinator, it still is a new voice. So there's, there's some of that. However, in these two picks, what I don't love is he throws the DB is clearly underneath the wide receiver. So he's got great position. And then this one is, is really bad because you're rolling to his right and throwing across the body. And that's something we always talk he's not about. A good Mahomes you don't the, throw it across your body. The, all right. Here's the problem. <laughs> and this is why I wanted to talk about this. Because do you remember last year in training camp. No, that, no, 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 no. You wait a moment, please. <laughs> last year in training camp, when these same reporters were saying the most disorganized, the worst the offense has looked, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Do you remember what you said? I was wrong. Okay. You said it's practice. Yeah, Don't wrong. care. Yeah, I it's, I All of it. You remember all of it. Yeah, I remember that. Now we are seeing again that the common denominator, the common thread between last year's training camp and this year's training camp is McCorkle 
and you are once again awesome trying to find a reason to excuse well, excuse the, but, but they're not saying they're disorganized they're not saying that those things are not no narrative correct those they're saying he threw two picks in the red zone when they were dead last in the red zone last year that's what they're saying yeah, yeah. exactly that that that's what. But now we know that like they showed up last year and the playbook was like three pages long. It was yeah, like a pamphlet. Yeah, which like ah, uh, where's the rest? And Patricia's like, I don't okay, know. I'm yeah. a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You know the, what? What wild? Close practices from now on. Yeah. Yeah. Get locked in. Bring it in the bubble. That, look, they they would love to do that. They, I think we should. That that's the goal. The only, Here's the I'm other the only problem. One Did you notice in those tweets that? The other quarterback's number, Zappy's numbers, a little bit better each of those practices. He's Zappy. working against the twos. Oh! He's working they with the twos. Be he's working with the twos. <laughs> but he's also Speak is up next. We're here on Monday. Brassard will be back. Maybe. Who knows? We don't know. Brew works two, Thank three you, days Speak a week. is up next. Great Watch job, him. coach.